0: up good morning good to see you we are in a uh, we're in a six-part series and we are talking about a new life we're in the book of Colossians but today we're gonna read out of Colossians 3 Arnak read that for us at the beginning but today I want to start from the very first chapter of your Bible very first one so in Genesis chapter 1 verse 27 I want this to just somehow anchor what we're talking about today. Can you throw that up there for me, fellas? Genesis 1, God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female. He created them. So God created mankind in his own image. We are image bearers. That's the whole idea. He created us to be image bearers. God is typically considered a a guy. Father, he, that kind of a thing. Yet the Holy Spirit, the pronouns on the Holy Spirit are feminine. Like if you studied Spanish at all, you know that mesa is a table, cocina is a kitchen, and when it ends in A, that's a feminine noun. So it would start with la, la señora, la mesa, la cocina. Whereas L would be the masculine article, the, el el hombre. So when you look at the article, the gender of the article in the scripture, Holy Spirit's feminine. It's a feminine article. Made in his image. Melinda and I are both made in God's image. Clear differences. So what is it really? Really? We're talking about several weeks here, six weeks actually, we're going to talk about a new life. First week, we talked about a new life, his perspective. And then the second week, we talked about a new life actually being his life, like hidden in him. And then today, we're going to talk about a new life, but a new life that is his, his image. So let's go to Colossians 3. I'm going to read right down through. So if you're serious about living this new resurrection life with Christ, act like it. Pursue the things over which Christ presides. This is his perspective, right? Don't shuffle along, eyes to the ground, absorb with the things right in front of you, but look up and be alert to what's going on around Christ. That's where the action is, see things from his perspective. See things from his perspective. That's how we got our first, <laughs> that's how we got our first part of the series, right? New life, his perspective. Then he goes on. Your old life is dead. Your new life, which is your real life, even though invisible to spectators, is with Christ in God. He is your life. We're pretty creative around here. That's how we got our second week, right? He is your life. It's, it's, it's his life. When Christ, your real life, remember, shows up again on this earth, you'll show up too. The real you, the glorious you. Meanwhile, be content with obscurity like Christ. So that was, that was week two. Now we're going to move into 5 through 8. And that's what we're talking about today, his image. That means killing off everything connected with that way of death. See, there is a way of life, and there is a way of death. Killing off everything connected with that way of death, and he gives us a list, a helpful list. Sexual promiscuity, impurity, lust doing whatever you feel like whenever you feel like it and grabbing whatever attracts your fancy. And then he goes on to editorialize and capture that by saying that's a life that is shaped by things and feelings. Doing those things, you can can sum through those things, the list that he gave us. When we do those things, it tells us something about our life. It tells us That our life is shaped by things and feelings. That's what it tells us. A lot of times we're trying to get rid of, we come into a church, uh, you know, Saturday you were involved in sexual promiscuity, Saturday you were involved in impurity, Saturday you were involved in lust, and maybe this weekend you've been doing whatever you want to do whenever you want to do it, and it feels good to do it, and you want to do it, it feels right, whatever, that whole thing. That was your Saturday. And so you're having trouble coming in here on Sunday because you need to scrub all that off. I would say that that in itself is a sin because sin is missing the point, and that, my friends, is missing the point. It gives you the list of all the things that you're not supposed to do, but it tells us about it. It gives us a rude understanding of it. It says all those, things, all those things tell us about ourselves, and it tells us this, that we're living a life shaped by things and feelings instead of God. So anytime you're sinning, it's very, very simple. Anytime I'm sinning, it's very, very simple. Anytime I'm acting out any of the things in the list and the list is not done, he's got some more lists to add. Anytime we do those things, we're simply serving a different God. That's it. It's just like ding, 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 serving a different God. Our life is shaped by things and feelings instead of by by God. Now, I'll go on. It's because of this kind of thing that God is about to explode in anger. It wasn't long ago that you were doing all that stuff and not knowing any better, but you know better now, so make sure it's all gone for good. And then he continues the list, maybe a little more internal. Bad temper, irritability, meanness, profanity, dirty talk. So if the first list didn't catch you, the second list might, right? I wasn't involved in sexual promiscuity yesterday, however, bad temper might get me. Irritability is up there, for goodness sakes. Shall I open the altars now, or do you want to wait? (laughs) Bad temper, irritability, meanness, profanity, dirty talk. And God is about to explode in anger over those things. Which if you were here at the kickoff of the service, Arnick prepped us. You've been waiting for 40 minutes to hear what is he going to say. Like, what are you giving me this verse to read to open up the service? Good morning. Welcome to Christ's way. If this is your first time, God is about to explode in anger. Welcome. Let's sing and worship. I get it. I got it. But we're not going to editorialize. We're not going to take that out. When I think about God about to explode in anger, this is what I think of. This story came to my mind. It was 1983. 1983. I was 15 years old, it was Christmas time. 1983, Toto had just released a single called Africa. <laughs> Sandy Patty was singing More Than Wonderful for the first time. Michael W. Smith released Friends Are Friends Forever. Men at Work busted out with Down Under, and Billy Jean was the number two song of the year. 1983, it was Christmas. I was 15 years old, and I was going on a double date with one of my buddies. He was a senior, a couple years older than I was. He had a girlfriend. I had a girlfriend. We were going to a church Christmas banquet, and we suited up, like jacket, tie, the whole thing, and he's driving. It was a 77 Cougar. When I was in the military, I drove ships smaller than that 77 Cougar. At 77, Cougar went from here to those banners, one single big door. And so my buddy drove us down there. He with his girlfriend, they sat in the front, my girlfriend and I sat in the back, drove us down, had about a 30-minute drive to this place, big big special restaurant thing we were doing. And so we're coming home, I drop off my girlfriend, and we got in about another 20 minutes for he and his girlfriend. And he wanted to spend talk time with his girlfriend, so he said, hey, Smitty, how about you drive, which I thought would be a fine idea. I'm like, sure, buddy. I understand. So they hop in the back seat. I hop in the front seat, and I pull out from dropping off my girlfriend. We stopped at some Hux or some kind of 7-Eleven or something and switched, and I got in, and I was driving away, and it was north on Interstate 57 just right over here in Illinois, and we were coming from Salem, and she lived up near Effingham. So we were kicking off on 57 North, and I, I pulled it around, that big old tank. I pulled that thing around, and I looked over, and right over here, it said, big red sign, do not enter. And I pulled up to, on the on-ramp to, to merge into the interstate, you know, and I, I stopped there. I thought, do not enter. I'm in the wrong ramp. So I turned around, and I thought, this is the right ramp. So I just did a little donut and came right back on the ramp and took off. Unbeknown to me, one of Illinois' finest was sitting across the street. (laughs) And an Illinois state trooper became a part of my life a quarter mile down the road. I'm driving along, and he hit those lights. And I pulled over, and I'm like, what's up? I don't know. What are you doing? He thought he had a drunk driver. He went in, opened that door. Another guy came, lights on us, whole thing, you know, everything, but guns drawn. They get us out of the car, search the car. They're looking for drugs, alcohol, empty vodka bottles, I guess. They found Bibles and DeGarmo and key tapes and, like, Michael W. Smith stuff, right? That's what they found. Sober as a judge. We're just standing out there going, hey, did I tell you I was 15? So my buddy got to have front seat talk time with his girlfriend on the way home, and I got to go to Marion County Jail. And so I'm in Marion County Jail, and it's late, and I'm th- they, 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 you got to call somebody to come pick you up. Well, it's not going to be my parents, so let's see. Who should I call? I have three brothers, and I got a hold of one of the three brothers. He came over and got me. It was about 30 minutes to come and pick me up. I hopped in the car. He looked over at me. He's like, man, none of us have even got arrested. My God. (laughs) So that was a Friday night, so he brought me home late. My parents didn't know because I was coming home late anyway. You know, I got there about the same time. So Saturday morning, we get up, I hear my mother just chirping around the house, oh, good morning. I got up, she's like, oh, good morning, and he's just happy. And my brother, that brother that picked me up, came over to the house at like 10 after 7. He walks in our house, standing in the kitchen, and I come out and he's standing there. My dad's like, hey, John, what are you doing here? Good morning. And my mother's like, oh, good morning, John. She's like, oh, happy hug, and happy... And so I think, okay, well this is it. So I come out with my citation and I lay it out on the counter and step back. And my dad, he's like, what's that? And this is what he did. He looked up at me and he goes, that's what he did. He growled at me. He looked at me and he was just like, I just turned and walked away. He was so angry. He was so frustrated with me. He was exercising restraint for his anger. My mother now did not choose that path. (laughs) She saw that thing and turned on me. Has anyone ever heard Bill Cosby talk about chocolate cake with his... And his wife had a conniption, and he explains what it is when her face splits and red eyes and fire and things. That was what my mama did. My mom did something. I'll tell you the story maybe another time. It was syncopated slapping. Are you familiar with syncopated slapping? Something like this. I thought I told you to never. That. I got that as I just, like, bounced back and forth. I have scars behind my ears where she grabbed my head. My dad, though, that's the story I thought of. God is about to explode in anger. That's the story I thought of. My dad looked over at me, and he was just like, ugh. You see, I didn't know about that sign. I really didn't know about the sign. But I did know I wasn't supposed to be driving. In verse 3 what I just read a moment ago, or chapter 3, verse 7. It says, it wasn't long ago that you were doing all that stuff and not knowing any better, but you know better now. That's what captured that for me. It wasn't so long ago that I was doing all that stuff, and I didn't know any better, but now, he says, you know better, you know better now. February was Black History Month. And Maya Angelou has a quote where she says, do the best you can until you know better. Then, when you know better, do better. Do the best you can until you know better. But when you know better, what'd she say? Do better. There is this pattern that we see in the scripture. And it's a pattern of exile. It's a pattern of separation. We were talking about it on the podcast last Wednesday. In fact, last week's podcast would go beautifully with today's message. We were talking about the book of Judges and how many times this exile cycle happened in the book of Judges. And my comment was, as many times as there were judges because the judge was raised up every time, man or woman, raised up every time to help bring them back to Jehovah. The deal is you get it going good and most of us have it going pretty good. And when you got it going good, you look around at other things and you begin to covet you're going to read here in a moment, covetousness is idolatry. Covetousness is idolatry. You look at other things. We have, every one of us have these needs that need to be met. And I I say A, B, C, D. Acceptance, belonging, community to make a difference. We all have those four things. Everybody. We all need, we want to to make, make a difference. We want to have purpose in our life. We want acceptance. We want belonging. We want community. That's not unique. Everybody wants that. How we get that filled is the problem. And so what would happen is you'd be looking around to fill those needs other ways. And then you the, the children of Israel, they would give that authority that they were given, they would give it to someone else. They'd give it to the idol. And then they would reap the consequences of the idol. It is said that most of these idols are great servants but horrible masters. Sex, for example, a great servant in a relationship, a horrible master. And so you give yourself to that idol, and that idol takes over and runs you. It's very much like when the children of Israel looked to Samuel and they said, We want a king. You have a king. You have Jehovah. No, 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 no. We want a king like everybody else has a king. You see, they were coveting, they were looking around. We want a king like they have a king. You're not a good enough king. That's not meeting my needs. I want my needs met over here. And do you know what the Lord said? I'll give you a king, which, by the way, is what the Lord does every time. He will give you exactly what you want. If you want those needs met by something else, the Lord will work with you. He will work with you. He will talk with you. And then he will say, ready for this? Okay. 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 If that's the way you'd like to, okay. And he will stand there and let you do that. He looked at the children of Israel. Samuel was totally ticked off. He's like, hey, man, they're not rejecting you. They're rejecting me. And he looks to them and he says, tell them this. You can have your king, but your king will run your sons, and he will tax your people, and he will send your boys to war. There's a consequence to the idol. And so then you reap the consequences of the idolatry. The consequences of the idolatry. You reap the fruit of sin. I do. We reap that fruit. And then we're like, hey, this is not cool. I do not like this. <laughs> and so then we repent. But this is not repenting. This is not repenting. Everyone, please come up and repent. And we all hit our knees and we're like, oh, God, I'm so sorry for like all the things I did today. No, no, no. That is not repenting. That is not repenting. Lisa, if you are the issue, you're my temptation, my trial, my failure, all that. You're going to embody that. This is it right here. This is it right there. This is not repenting. I'm going to put a block on my phone. I've got accountability groups that I go to. This is not repenting. I can walk across the street. This is not repenting. It doesn't matter how far away I got. It's not repenting. That's not it. However, when I am right here and I turn, that is repenting. We spend so much time, I'm not new to this game, we spend so much time trying to get this amazing distance when if you'll just turn from the idol to Jesus, it changes. One of the greatest tricks of the devil is to get us to try to quit sinning by cleaning ourselves up where we look at this list in Colossians 3 promiscuity lust doing whatever we feel like whenever we want to do it temper irritability meanness profanity all these things and we just like okay I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to quit cussing what's your plan I'm going to put a quarter in a jar every time I cuss <laughs> okay I mean if that works for you you could also just duct tape your mouth that's not that's not addressing here. We're not trying to have the fruit of Jesus because we tape it on our limbs. We're not trying to say, well, really the fruit in my life is sin, but I'm gonna pluck all that off and then I'm gonna find Jesus, Christian fruit, I'm gonna put all that on, tape it on. That's not the win. That's not the win at all. So this pattern of exile, and they would do it over and over, and they would turn to God and God would receive them. And then because of serving him, things would get better. And then when things get better, frankly, we get a little lax. We get a little loose. We want to run a little fast and loose. huh? And we forget that. And then we start wandering around over here. That's how it is. And God in this, in this setting, God is like, he's like my dad. He's about to explode with anger because we actually know better. But we follow idols, we follow these things and, and the feelings. Eli, can you throw up wrong, uh, 3-7 in the NIV? Put that up there, three, Colossians 3-7 in the NIV. In the NIV, buddy. Used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived. How about eight? And now you rid yourself of all these things: anger, rage, malice, slander. Eli, I'd like you to go go to verse five, pal. Go to Colossians three five. Put these things to death, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual morality, impurity, lust, evil, desires, greed. Six. Go back to five, I'm sorry. Which is idolatry. Start it at the beginning. Verse five again, please. Whatever belongs to your earthly nature, morality, impurity, lust, evil, desires, greed, all that stuff. is idolatry. You can hold it. You can leave it right up there. Just leave that there, okay? You see, all that stuff is idolatry. Covetousness is idolatry. You're looking at something else. All of these sins, every sin has its source in connection with the wrong God. Our relationship with these deities, our relationship with God, whatever God that may be, produces children, it's so how it is. We're going to be together and we're going to produce fruit. Fruit is going to be produced. Sin is simply, this list, is simply the fruit of idolatry. And idolatry just means I'm looking to the wrong God for satisfaction. What are ways that we've looked for acceptance? In a room full of people here, haven't we looked to the wrong things for acceptance? The wrong things for a sense of Belonging. The wrong things for community. We've, we've probably all done that. We looked to the wrong thing. It meets our need, but the scripture talks about the uh, pleasures of sin for a season, right? And that's the issue. It runs its course. So when we look at all of these things, that whole list is idolatry. Do you know why God is about to explode in anger? Because he hates you? Because in that kind of context, most people read John 3.16 as, for God so hated the world that he killed his son. That's not what it says. He loves you, but he's like my dad. Any parents in the house? (laughs) You look at your kids and you're just like, (sighs) I'm pretty sure we covered this (laughs) like 10 minutes ago. Yeah? Doesn't feel that foreign, does it? Does it? It doesn't feel that foreign. There was a time that we did it and we didn't know better. Now we know better. But here's the deal, the "no better part is not you've memorized the list of the right and wrong things. The "no better part is, what I know better now, is I don't serve those gods. I serve Christ like I serve this Jesus God. This could be overwhelming. You're like, oh my goodness, I have to memorize all those sins? They gave us a starting list, right? Can we add to that? Sure we could. We could fill the walls with all the things. But you know what? You don't have to memorize that list. You just have to get the idolatry question right. You just have to get the idolatry question right. Because when I'm serving the right God, things change for me. N.T. Wright is an Episcopal bishop, scholar, first century Hebrew scholar. He says, dealing with sin releases humans from the grip of the idols so that they can worship the living God and be renewed according to his image. So sin simply shows that we've given this authority. Do you you realize that that you've been given authority through the seed of Adam? Do you realize that? God gave us authority to rule the earth he created us how in his in his image we are supposed to reflect his image and frankly this list does not reflect his image for some church is an occupation for some christianity is an occupation it's a job where you occupy that's like a cubicle that you go and work in and it's just your job and then you go home. For others, it's a vocation, it's a voice, it's a calling. We've all been called to not serve things, to not even serve feelings, but to reflect his image. So we need to look at that list, we really do. We need to look at that list and recognize, okay, uh, I'm, I'm doing that. Man, I have got to stop that sexual immorality business. I I can tell you how. Quit looking to that God for fulfillment. Repent, which is turn from, toward. Turn to Jesus, and that'll change. I promise you it'll change. I guarantee your life will change. When you turn to him and you allow him to fill you that's what salvation is connected to Christ salvation blue banner is connected to Christ blue banner that's what it is and we are connected with him and we let him begin to fill us really when you think about it sin is a failure of our vocation it's just a measure it's just a metric anytime we do that this anytime we do that we know we're off we just know we're off I'm looking at the wrong thing. I walk through the mall. I had to find something at the mall the other day. I walk through the mall. Apparently someone named Victoria has lots of secrets, but doesn't seem to mind showing us her secrets. So I'm walking through the mall, and when I pass there by myself, I'm like this. When I walk with Melinda, I am like this. Bless the Lord. Better hope not. Because that's how some of us live this thing. When I'm with her, I'm cleaned up. When I'm not with her, what is feeding my heart is seen. Through my behavior. It's a metric. I can see it. When you lose your temper, it is a metric. When you are irritable, it is a metric. It tells us something. When your language is profane and your talk is just dirty, it is a metric. Nobody's asking you to zip your mouth or put tape over your face because that's not the problem. It is the fruit of the tree. Picking lemons off of a lemon tree does not not make it a lemon tree. It's still a lemon tree. And we can pick lemons off the tree and tape oranges on the tree and it's still a lemon tree. What I think is interesting is that God made us in his image. We're supposed to be image bearers of his care, image bearers of his his love and his goodness and his mercies, truly emissaries. Truly, if you think of the body of Christ, hands and feet and eyes and voice, not an occupation that I'm checking in and then I'm clocking out, but a vocation. And there is a difference because on occupation, we punch in and punch out. But when it is a calling, it is our life. And we want it to be our life. And I believe you're here because you want it to be your life. That life, that image of God. For me, it's very interesting too because it just feels like this shows the images that we're reflecting. It's really an issue of worship. Really, really is an issue of worship. What am I worshiping? When these things are happening in my life, I'm not going to walk up and go, "Man, you need to quit. You need to quit cussing, bro." <laughs> no. Man, you need to put some tape over that. You need to get a better filter, man. No. Anybody remember dating days? Since we're in 1983, the phone, the cradle, the rotary, that whole thing. And you talk to that girl all night long to the point that I would fall asleep on the phone. Ultimately, however much time later, she would give up and hang up. And then because the phone was off the cradle, it gave us some grace period, and then what woke me up was this bom, "bom bom 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 bom" thing in the phone. Anybody, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Man, all the time in the world. Melinda, what is it that you want to talk about, baby? I'm I'm here. I'm 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 I'm, I'm like leaned forward. I'm making eye contact the whole time. What is it? i been married 31 years. Unfortunately, there have been a few times. I'm like, I don't want to hear it. Walk away. What changes? How does that change? How does that change? It's not like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm going to pretend to be interested That's one option. Me not being interested is a sign. It's a metric. It's fruit. There's an issue in here. There's something other going on, some other thing. That that's what we need to pay attention to. Sin is a failure of worship. Worship to the true God. Not an absence of worship. Hear me. Sin is not the absence of worship. Worship. It's a failure to worship the true God. Sin is the product of worshiping the wrong thing. Sin is the product of associating and going to and loving the wrong thing. When I look for acceptance and belonging and meaning and purpose and all these things in something else, you tell me what the results are and I'll tell you there's a list of sins that <laughs> correspond to them. So what we need to do here today, Ar't, come on up. I think moving forward is great. That's a great idea, man. We need to look at ourselves against this list and think of it as knowing a tree by its fruit. Think of it like that, right? Scripture talks about you can look and you can know a tree by its fruit. Today in our culture, judging gets a really bad rap. I'm a big fan of judging. I thought about getting business cards that say, Andy, judger. You hope I'm a good judger. You don't want me to condemn you. But you do want me to come alongside you and say, hey, what, what, are, you, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you talking about? Well, I just heard how you talked to... Tyler's my friend. Uh, Tyler, I just heard how you talked to Christina. What's going on? Do I know what's going on? I don't know what's going on. But when I heard him say something to her in a particular way particular tone or content that's the fruit all I'm doing is dude I happen to be standing by you and I heard the fruit what's going on I don't know what's going on I'm just judging the tree by the fruit which is actually healthy and you're welcome because we all have blind spots All of us do. We all have blind spots. We all have junk. That's why there's a body of Christ, of people to come alongside us and help us. Help us see the things we don't see. Help us when we're looking to the wrong thing. Spirit fruit, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, all those things. That's the fruit of the Spirit. That's what we're looking for. That's the fruit, right? So we're not taping on fruit. We're we're coming back. We're coming back to the promise of new creation. You're about to sing a song that says we're not going back. (laughs) How in the world do those go together? What does it say? You sing it? What does it say? Not going back. Moving ahead, here to declare to you, a path is over in you. things I made new, surrendering my life, surrendering to, Christ. My life moving, to Christ, moving, moving forward. forward. So we're not going back to these things because we know better. That's what it said. He said, you went back to these things, you know better than that. We do know better. We're not going back to those things. But you know what we can go back to? We can go back to our original calling. We can go back to our original vocation. We can go back to the original reason that we were created to be an image bearer. Not focused on sin, focused on Jesus and focused on reflecting his image in every given space that we're afforded an opportunity to walk in. Coming back to the promise of new creation, that's why we were created. And when we live that way, we reflect the worship of creation to him and we reflect his love to others. Can you grab this as I close it out today? We reflect the worship creation to him, and we, in his image, reflect his goodness and his kindness, the love, the joy, the peace, the long-suffering, the gentleness, the goodness, the meekness, the self-control, the faithfulness. We reflect those things, not because we've cleaned ourselves up, but because we've gotten our idolatry right. We put our focus on the right gods. The focus on the right God. Yeah. I invite you to embrace that. I invite you to be a part of it. I hope it feels freeing to you. Because to me, it feels like you opened a doorway and just fresh air flows over your entire body. This freshness. Of all the things, I don't have to memorize lists and I don't have to scrub myself up and I don't have to do all those things. I don't have to be Christian. (laughs) I want to be in you, Jesus. And when I'm in you, they see you. They can't even see me because it's your image. Sing it, buddy. Ahead. Let this be a prayer for you. Here to declare to you my past, past is over, in you. and you are things I made new. And all things new.